Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Carmen Report wherever you get your podcast. You're watching on YouTube. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. You can find us there as part of Empire Media, A-M-P-I-R-E. Always much appreciated when you tune in and you can always read my work on ESPN.com. Today, I'm joined by Craig Hoffman, who does a Take Command podcast with Logan Paulson, also has a, his show on the Team 980, has been around the Commanders a lot this offseason, was just at the Combine, so clearly has a lot of knowledge about this team, about what they should do, and about the quarterbacks in this draft. Craig studies and does his work, folks, so that's why I wanted to bring him on. He used to cover the Redskins back in the day, so he knows his franchise very well. So, Stay tuned for that. And just a couple of programming notes. I'll be back on Wednesday with another episode. We're going to start looking at a lot of free agency moves, what the team, what some of the current players were looking at, some of them looking at some air, you know, just trying to read tea leaves about what they might do. And there you go. So just stay tuned for that. Um, if you missed the podcast over the weekend, I had one on the release um, on Washington having released Charles Leno and Logan Thomas. They're going to release Nick Gates. What those moves all mean? Does it? What does it mean for the future? And we're going to be exploring that as we go throughout the week. Just not so much, but those particular moves, but just the needs that this team has. What's the best option, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So there you go. Um, now here's my conversation with Craig Hoffman from the Take Command podcast and the Team Nine Eighty. Trades, free agents, quarterbacks, and all kinds of adventures await the Commanders this offseason. Looking for an adventure of your own? The Adventure Park at Sandy Spring has you covered. The country's largest ropes course and zipline park located in Montgomery County, Maryland is now open. Named Best Amusement Park and Climbing Destination in the DMV two years in a row, the Adventure Park at Sandy Spring is perfect for birthdays, corporate outings, groups, and families. With challenges anywhere from beginner to expert, there is something for all skill levels. Anytime you're thinking about reaching new heights, make sure you know before you go. The Adventure Park at Sandy Spring is the only ACCT accredited park in Maryland or Virginia. Staying on the ground? Give axe throwing a try. You can throw at traditional targets or play any number of interactive games. You can even upload your own image. So there you have it, folks. Climbing, zip lining, axes, food, and bonfires right in your backyard. Reserve your adventure today at www.theadventurepark.com backslash kind. That's www.theadventurepark.com backslash kind. All right, Craig. So you were at the Combine and you had thoughts on the quarterbacks going into the Combine. You and Logan on the Take Command podcast. Everybody listen to that. But I'm curious, like, did your, first of all, what were your thoughts going into the combine and thoughts coming out of the combine just based on either things that you picked up, things that you heard, whatever? Yeah, so we had a lot of analysts, luckily for me, roll through uh, my table and the radio show and the podcast. And uh, a lot of them really like Drake May. And I kind of went into the combine as more of a Jaden Daniels guy. Um, I, I just, in watching the tape, the, and, and I should clarify, like, what I mean by watching the tape. Right. I probably watched, like, 
three to five games of, of all of these guys. The guys that I'm talking to on Radio Row that do this for a living, Matt Miller, your colleague at ESPN, Jordan Reed, your colleague at ESPN, who, by the way, have different takes on those two guys. Yes. Um, you know, Nate Tice uh, from The Athletics yep. spent about 45 minutes with us. That podcast will be out uh, Monday. Actually, gets out now um, on Take Command. But, like, these guys have watched every throw. Like, so as I talked to some of these guys that had watched more than me, that you take some of the bias of which games did you actually watch out of it. I, in listening to them, and some, even though some of them really like Jaden, I found myself getting pulled more and more t- towards Drake May, both in like my personal opinion and what I think is going to happen. I just think that guys like Nate, guys like Jordan, who value the certain things that they value, and why they like Drake May, I tend to think that those are some of the things that a lot of NFL teams value. Um, there's a lot to like about Jaden Daniels, too. He's a gamer. Um, the competitive stuff that I, I've heard you talk about on your show, like all that is real. He's a great deep ball thrower. Obviously, DQ likes that. Talked about that. Um, he's a phenomenally electric runner. Um, he's not RG in terms of straight line, straight line. He's not Lamar in terms of elusive as, as anyone who's we've ever seen that's not named Mike Vick. Um, he's somewhere in the middle of those two. Um, but I think the size, the strength, um, the arm talent that Drake may has the more variety of throws that he has on film. I tend to gravitate towards some of those things in a way that I, I probably didn't even expect to going in. So I guess long story short, I found myself gravitationally being pulled towards Drake May a lot more by the end of the week and talking to all those people and kind of what they think of these guys. And, you know, it's funny because I go back and forth with both these guys as far as like, not just what I think, but mostly what I think will happen because I I view it as, and I've talked to Logan about this too. If you like something about a guy, like you're going to see that and you may not see the flaws as much because you really like that guy. I think both of them are like that. If you really like Jaden Downs, you're going to see the playmaking ability, which is which is fantastic. What are you overlooking with him? And then with Drake May, you're going to see the size and the. I think he moves well in the pocket. I think he throws some, makes some throws that are NFL type windows, right? Um, yeah. But you may are you going to overlook some of those inconsistencies? And like for Jaden, like you know, can you? I talked to somebody. We're taping this on Friday, but I talked to somebody this morning who's been in the league for a long time. And I was asking about this. Can you get Jaden out of that mindset of having to, not just having, not having to run, but taking those hits at the end of those runs. He thought you could, but anyway, so it just feels like there's going to be that process all along. For sure. And so the funniest thing that happened to me all week was I had, uh, I taped two segments back to back with Trevor Sikama, uh, my, my pal from pro football focus and Lance Erline from NFL.com. And they they're sitting in the same chair in in the same city in Indianapolis, having watched the same exact tape. And Trevor sits down and he goes, I like Drake May because when you watch the tape, he's just clearly the better player. And Lance sits down 40 minutes later in the same exact chair and goes, I like Jaden Daniels because when you watch the tape, it's plain and clear. He's the better player. Yeah, you watch the same tape. They said the same thing about the opposite guy. And so in some ways it comes down to what do you value? And that is. I think the the crux of it is like, we don't know what Cliff Kingsbury and Dan Quinn and Adam Peters value because Cliff was pretty noncommittal on what he wants this offense to be. Um, Dan said on the junkies that Adam is the most important voice in the room. So what does he value as actually the most important thing? 
And I, I think if you want someone who can be an electric playmaker with their legs or like deep ball throwing overrides a lot of other stuff, then like Jaden's your guy. I also think like plainly when I watched the tape, like the the on-time nature of his game felt more NFL to me in a lot of ways. But then I'm talking to to Nate Tyson Logan, both during and after we we taped our pod on what was that Thursday morning. And they both said, when you flip from watching the game on the TV copy and some of these cutups that are on YouTube, et cetera, which is a lot of what a lot of us have to do, because unless you have access to college all 22, like that's what you're stuck with. And thankfully YouTube exists and you can watch a lot of these guys. But if you get your hands on some all 22 and you start watching Drake versus Jaden, the gap becomes wider. And by the way, the all 22 for Caleb Williams is outrageous because you can see what he sees all of a sudden. You see right, that right. It, it's not quite as helter-skelter. I'm looking to be hero all the time. It's I have to run because my left guard is getting beat every other snap instantaneously and I have pressure up the middle. And you know, with Drake, it's like, okay, he's standing back there. What's he doing? Well, there is legitimately nowhere to throw the football at times. Whereas Jaden, you flip on the all 22 and it looks like he's calm and collected in the pocket and there's three guys open and you're like, why aren't you throwing the football? Like that's, that's read one, two, three. And you're just like staring blankly down the middle of the field. Then you take off and run. It's a 30 yard gain. Right. Everyone's like, wow, look at that play. And a coach is looking at the all 22 being like, that's actually not great for what we want at the NFL level. So I think that's another thing that's happening here in terms of the, the shift from Jaden to Drake is the all 22, especially on the media narrative side, like coaches have had this stuff. So one more coaches and, and scouts and front office types are talking to the media, but as the media types get their hands on more all 22 tape as more of it kind of leaks out, unfortunately that's kind of had the reality of how it goes. Um, the, the all 22 is kinder to those two top guys than it is to Jaden. And actually that's also why McCarthy is closing that gap down QB four to QB three. Right. You know, it's funny because I've talked to Logan about this and I know, you know, early on, he was very, very high in Jaden. I had him on the podcast. Yep. I know he's talked about that in yours and you guys had one going into the combine talking about all these quarterbacks. And it's funny because he's like, because I watched the Florida state game with Jaden and there's a, again, there's a lot to like with that kid. There's a lot to like, and then you see the concerns. And again, when you're watching a guy hurdle the defensive line in the middle of the field, you're like, ah, you can't do that in the NFL. Now, if you can solve that, it's different. But there are other times, too, to your point. And I and he's like, well, you got to watch the Alabama game. So I saw that. It's like, I remember talking to him, like, Logan, I see some of the same issues where, just to your point, where are you, you're running the ball, but, could, you know, you got 15 yards, but you could add 25 to 30 in a throw in rhythm on time and avoid the hit. For sure. But you're still getting 15 yards. So, right. you know what I mean? It's not like it's a... You could have had this, but you got sacked. It's a, you could have had this, but you gained 15. So there's that difference there. And you see the ability and you see some of those slot fades that are just like, that's a perfect ball placement. Perfect. So, you know, like, but that's where it is. Like, there's a lot to like with him. And then with May, like you're watching, I watched a Clemson game and like, he's under duress the entire game. But then you see sometimes where it's like, and I know you talked about this, like there's like these, head scratching throws, like what, yeah. you know, how does that translate? So that's where there's a lot to like about both guys. And there's enough to be concerned that it pushes you. Do you push to the other guy? Because like, well, I don't know. And that's, but that's, you know, I think teams are doing the same thing with these guys. Totally. So a couple of things that I think come out of what you just said that I think are interesting and, and worth considering. One is I think back to our conversation with, with Nate and I kind of was like, all right, you're like the biggest Drake May fan that I know. 
what about these things? He's like, oh, no, that's all still there. Like, I'm glad you asked me about that because I go on a lot of these shows and they're just like, oh, I guess Drake May is awesome and Nate would never admit his flaws. And he's like, no, like there there are flaws and it's just, do you think they can be coached out and, and what are they? And I actually think back, John, to a different conversation that I had last week. We did our, our first ever roundtable discussion um, on Radio Row where I pulled in Brooke Pryor, your colleague at ESPN who covers the Steelers and is on uh, Get Up, who I've known for years. And then uh, Ben Solak joined us uh, from The Ringer, who's one of the smartest like football writers, uh, podcasters in, in the game. And so we all picked a topic and we all just said like, all right, Bring a topic to the table. We'll talk about it for five, 10 minutes, and then we'll move on to the next one. It was a really cool conversation. And Ben's topic was about quarterback scramble. And he said, what the data is showing and what you see when you watch film is the quarterback scramble is one of the most, if not the most valuable play in football. But it's not always just scrambling to run. It's scrambling to throw. And then right. you take that kind of philosophical level. Okay, we value this thing and we should be valuing it more than we ever thought we should. And not not like, oh, this is bad. He's not seeing it from the pocket. Like, oh, this is good. He can extend plays and kind of flipping that dynamic on his head. And which guy do you like more? Do you want the guy in Jaden who is kind of one read if it's not there, tuck it and run? Or do you want the guy in Drake May that will extend plays? Okay, so now we're thinking about extending plays. What about that dynamic? And this is something that, you know, we I, I get questions sometimes. I actually got an email about this uh, from a listener the other day. You keep saying with Drake May, the size, the size, the size. Everyone who loves Drake is the size, the size, the size. Why does it matter? The data says that they're not any more injured or whatever if they're smaller. But I, so I asked Nate about this and Nate goes, simple. If you are Zach Wilson and you're in the pocket and you have the ability to run around, right? He, his arm talent, his everything uh, in terms of like a physical trait standpoint is elite. That's why he's a second overall pick. Can't read the field, can't do a lot of other stuff, hasn't worked, but one of the things is he never gets to use that stuff. He's small. So defensive end, bull rushes the tackle, gets his hand on him, bam, yanks him down. That's kind of what I think the prediction is for a guy like Jaden Daniels is he's thin, he's small, he doesn't have the 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 trunk to maintain his, his posture or escape free of a 300-pound defensive end pulling at him. The extreme opposite end of the spectrum is what Ben Roethlisberger used to do. Right. Couldn't tackle that guy at all. And Drake May is a bigger physical quarterback. You get a hand on him. He just shrugs you off. He runs. Now that scramble, now that extension, now that stuff that we discovered is super duper valuable comes into play. And Nate's actually studied this. He wrote about it for Yahoo about quarterbacks under 205. There's basically like three NFL seasons, not quarterbacks, quarterback seasons in the last 20 years that were like good. Not not exactly a great hit rate. And so that's why that stuff starts to matter. And again, that stuff tends to lean you in the Drake May direction. Right. And, you know, it's fun. it's interesting with the size because obviously it's not height with him. He's 6'4 or something like that. It's right, the size Jane, yeah. and the ability to do that. And that also the durability. I know like Kirk Cousins is not a big physical guy, but there's a difference. Like he, that's why Cousins has always had to get rid of the ball fast. Like he would talk when he was here. He was not the most athletic quarterback, even in high school. So he always had to do that. Whereas guys who are used to being able to escape and run, you know, do you get rid of the ball in time? So you lend, you're, you're going to be more susceptible to certain types of hits. Um, I do think that Jaden has some pliability, which I think is good because like for yes. all the hits he takes, we haven't seen him. I mean, he gets back up and I love that about him. Um, but you want to make sure that can you do that? But I think that's the other part to that too, is with Sam Howell at mm. six foot one, 
and I think we saw the difference when like Brissett would come in, for example, the ability to stand in the pocket and see over the line and allow things like, I think for Sam, if you get obscured, you got to now get out of there because you don't know, is this opening up or not? If you're six, four, you can tell like, I'm going to wait just a half second more because it's coming. And you can hold in there a little bit longer by doing that. And so, you know, that's one of the things that that, that's where the size does matter, the height and the size. So I I, I would, I would make this comparison, John, because I know this one will hit home for you. Like think back to when you were coaching your kids' basketball teams and you are our dad out there. Um, and I, I, I don't have kids yet, but like I used to practice with younger kids when I was like a high schooler and I would, I would help out at the end of the, the 12 year old practice. Right. All of a sudden you're out there and you feel like you're LeBron James posting up at the elbow and you can see the whole floor. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like yeah. you're, you become the greatest passer that's ever been because you can see. And like, it's, it really is that simple. That's as close as any of us are going to get to what it's like to experience that traffic kind of nature, uh, that an NFL quarterback plays on every snap. If you can see, you can see. If you can't, it's all anticipation. It's all trusting, you know, your reads. And like some of that stuff is it can be coached really well and certain guys can do it. Like Brock Purdy's not the biggest guy in the world, but Kyle Shanahan says, damn it, that ball at this time better be on that hash. And Brock's like, All right, I'm a seventh round pick. Uh, I I understand why it should be there. I'm gonna get it there. And sure enough, it's there and the concept to work. And Brock Purdy led him to the Super Bowl last year. So like Unless you are throwing with that level of anticipation and really that level of trust, being able to see it and just have that little bit of extra confidence that you can see it about to happen, even if there's still anticipation involved, it's not see it, throw it like it is in college, but that ability to have clarity and also like, you know, if you're reading a defender over the middle, right? Like a lot of these concepts now, let's isolate the linebacker or the safety. And if he goes right, we throw left. If he goes left, we throw right. If you can't see the linebacker or the safety because you can't see over the line, how are you supposed to know which one you're supposed to right, throw? So right. it's not just anticipation. It's literally the ability to read the one thing that they've isolated for you in the concept. You can't do it. You can't do it. And there's not a whole lot you can do about it besides, you know, kind of go to Drew Brees school and learn how to manipulate the windows. And that's, you know, there's a reason he's an exception, not the rule. You know, and it's funny because I had someone here. It's like they tell me like Sam needs to go talk to Drew Brees, not somebody like who knows this. Right. And um, just because like, how did you survive it? But they also have to go. And like, and I know they talked about this and Logan. I remember talking about this with him is the way they built their front in New Orleans helped a mm-hmm. shorter quarterback. And it, it there was more stout in the middle and they didn't do that enough here. So clearly, so that, that also would have helped Sam. I think it would have given him a little bit more trust in that situation uh, to, to trust and wait out what you see and then get rid of the ball and trust what you see. But, you know, I think, but I do think like that's where, um, but it, I found it interesting too, because um, like Quinn would talk about Jane Daniels as a game changer. And when you hear that, mm-hmm. like, they're not going to tip their hand. They're just not like whatever he says about these guys, they're not tipping their hand because there's a ways to go in the evaluation process. And the one thing I know about this group, Craig, is how patient and process oriented they are. Josh Harris kind of demands you have all the information possible. So you don't have all the information on when we're taping this on March 1st. But when you hear a game changer, like that's what everybody wants. And for sure, you know, and like, you know, I, do you buy like the, the Josh Allen, Justin Herbert comparisons for May? And I think talking to somebody else about that and they did, they don't feel like while May is athletic, he's not Josh Allen in terms of the athleticism. Yeah, no, he's definitely, I mean, Josh is 
different. He's kind of one on one. I mean, not, that's not to say he's like the best. Um, right. You know, that's not necessarily the one I would pick. The one I would pick is uh, this guy named Pat Mahomes. He wears 15 in Kansas City. Yeah. Not sure if you guys heard him. Yeah, he's pretty good. Um, I I think that there are elements like I get the comparisons. I'll put it that way. Right now, I think it's important to say, like, you can compare prospects in college that doesn't mean they're all going to wind up going on the same point in their trajectory moving forward. Like right. we can get to the same place on the road and take different turns uh, when we get to, to, to a junction and obviously uh, where you get drafted the system you go into and how you ultimately progress as a professional is a probably uh, the most significant uh, junction you're ever going to find on your career path road. So I, I think from a size standpoint, more Herbert than, than Allen Allen is. Yeah literally unique one of one um and i think his speed at that size is also unique but drake's you know he's probably gonna run you know four six four seven at least if not faster i mean he's he's a really good athlete like he ran away from acc and in the south carolina game sec guys so i mean maybe i don't know i four five feels crazy for him but like maybe not i don't know he's really really quick and obviously by the time people are listening to this i might sound like a dope because he will have done whatever he does uh at at the combine i don't know if i know he's not throwing i don't think i've heard that he's not running but you know i we'll think see. he's going yeah so four, uh, so six four six was was my speed back in the day if you translated it to now the current value of my four six speed back in the day oh, the is that it's actually now a yeah. four four so oh wow so you were a real four six guy it's nice. inflation it's inflation it's inflation nice. um, um but, but yes yeah, so, but, but, to, I, but to, yeah to the point of the size right and kind of where it goes um i think that toughness element too like drake will make throws with guys draped over him like that that matters i think herbert i asked this question to a couple people this week i think that the consensus is like herbert has a better arm but drake's is really close and his ability to throw multiple slots multiple arm angles off platform all that kind of stuff is very herbert-esque um, and the other thing um, I, I heard is like a bit of a line drive thrower at times. Um, and that wasn't necessarily meant as like a detriment. Like I think he's shown on film, he can layer throws, mm-hmm. um, but kind of that Herbert just, you know, her, the ball flies out of Herbert's hands yes. and you can see it on TV where he just darts guys and may has that as well. And it's shown it at the college level where they have the the wider field, you know, the boundaries is much smaller on one side. The field is much wider because of the wider hashes. And he will just dart guys all the way across the field. So I think there are definite similarities. I think what you do with that, those similarities as a projection is where people get themselves in trouble. Um, and it does feel like there's a lot of variance of what ultimately Drake will become because of his youth, his inexperience, and and uh, the obvious factors of, of what awaits him in whatever professional stop that he arrives at. But you know, it's funny about the off-platform, too, because obviously, you know, we talk about Caleb Williams and the Mahomes comparison. <laughs> Again, this is where I, this is why I think it's so, this is such an intriguing class because the opinions will be all over the place. And someone told me today that they thought that that Daniels had more of those, those qualities of a Mahomes just as an overall player, just, you know, and I'm not sure mm. I saw the same thing, but my point in yeah. saying that, like, because yeah, like, opinions they, are. All they, over. They, but in terms of off platform, right? More so mm-hmm. from that set, not like he's the same guy, then not even that, but in terms of off platform ability. And, and I I, might, I would push on the other, on Williams, obviously, have more of that. But the point is, like, you're going to see these things in each of these guys, and like that little thing might tweak, it might interest you or intrigue you more. What about, like, here's the, they obviously, the other option is, hey, trade back, pick up more picks. Um, build that roster, and maybe you take McCarthy, Penix, or Bo Nix. What do you think about that? 
I am probably higher on this than a lot of people. Um, I heard Sam on your show uh, reference a conversation uh, on that he was talking to someone else who had pitched him that idea and and shot that down. And um, Sam Fortier, you could have that- just said that was on my radio show. It was there. <laughs> we did it into microphones. Thank you very much, sir. Um, but yeah, I, I I get Sam's point, right? You're at two. You need a quarterback. It's a quarterback rich class. Take the quarterback. And if you like one of these guys, like if you think Drake May is that dude, maybe not that dude at the Caleb Williams level, but he's like that dude beat. You take him. Nobody complains. Awesome. Hope you're right. If not, if you are not convinced, and I did this exercise with uh, a guy named Q Myers who works at ESPN Radio nationally, but also does afternoons in Las Vegas. And I was like, you're Tom Telesco, the GM of the Raiders. I'm Adam Peters, the GM of the Commanders. Make me an offer. And he basically gave me the the offer that San Francisco gave a couple of years ago for Trey Lance to move up similarly, right? So you wind up with like three first rounders. And I'm good. Like, think about it. Hey, John, you want three first rounders for the number two pick plus some other stuff? Maybe even Hunter Renfro in there helps fix your slot receiver spot. Like when that offer sitting in front of you, it's real tempting to just take it. And so I do think that there, it, it really just to come down to simple enough. What do you think of these quarterbacks? And like, right. do you have one that you absolutely love? And I know this is not a clean answer and everyone wants to be like firm team trade back or firm team take this guy, but I don't know what they think. And they have right. way more information than me. And they will have more information, by the way, two months from now when they have to make this selection than they do today. Um, but if you love a guy, you take him, and there is almost no price that can move you off of that. Right. But if Sean Payton and the Broncos, if Tom Telesco and, and Adam P- or in, uh, uh, Antonio Pierce and the Raiders, if if someone else offers you a bag to move up and you're really not that different between May, Daniels, and McCarthy, move back. I have absolutely no problem with it. Right. And I think that's the other part is like it, it depends on – because, again, it's just like – moving up it's not just caleb versus drake may or daniels it's caleb versus those two plus what you have to give up to do it and i would you know personally i would see them more trading back to accumulate more assets than i would see them trading up well you have to have a disagreement on the evaluation right and that's the by nature the danger of it right if if you're ryan poles in chicago and you think caleb williams is the next pat mahomes there is literally you could have washington offer two and their next four first rounders. So five first round picks for number one. And I tell him to buzz off. Yeah. Like if, if he's that good, he's that good. There's no price you could pay. So what you really need is Washington to not really think that there's that much difference between those guys and have kind of like, eh, I don't really want to take this guy in the top five anyway, type of grade. And uh, by the way, the Raiders love Daniels Pierce recruited Jaden Daniels yeah. to uh, Arizona state. Or um, I heard uh, out there that that the Broncos really love Drake May. Like Sean Payton loves Drake May. So like, let's say those two teams at 12 and 13 uh, or 13 and 12 respectively love those guys. And you don't. Like you have to think like, do I trust my evaluation over theirs? Like they, they want to give up that much? Do I really want to pass on this guy? But, if I'm wrong, man, I look like an idiot. But if you're right, then you're going to come away looking like an absolute genius and you're going to have your roster uh, have a ton of talent all over the place for years to come. If I'm trading, if I, but if I'm trading that second pick, I want to stay in the top 10 somehow. 
So like I so don't that want- gets yeah, but I so Trevor um Sikama in his latest PFF mock, and he he told me on on the show like this was a bit of a thought exercise. Um, he's from this point forward post combine going to do more predictive mocks. But what he did was he traded down to twelve to Denver and then back up to ten. So he did multiples, and this is where Washington having those five top one hundred whatever it is picks is really help is like. Let's say you do train down to 12 or 13, you probably have the ammo and you've hopefully done, and Peters is very thorough, done the research to know, okay, what would it take to get me back up into that top 10 to probably get McCarthy? Right. Or, you know, or you could also, you know, if you trade, let's say you trade the back of the, let's say Atlanta wants to trade with you at number eight, something like that, and you can get another high pick. Maybe you can move into the middle of the first round. I don't know where McCarthy's sure. going to go. Like, I think he's such a wild card and I have, I don't say this because I'm an Ohio State guy. Um, he grew up an Ohio State fan, but I don't say this because of that. But I just don't like the thing I worry about with him is, is there enough evidence of the big time throws you need to make that like, because I was talking about this with someone a few weeks ago, specifically about him. And I'm like, you see it a couple of times. Is that enough? And he brought up somebody he knew, a former quarterback, this guy worked with. And he's like, this guy would do this as well. However, you know, so you think you see that snippet, he can do it all the time, but he didn't because he never, you know what I mean? So yeah. that's the part it, that like, to me, it, there's a miss. There's a lot, there's stuff to like about him, but there's also a mystery with him too. Yeah. He's a weird eval. Um, and I admittedly have not watched uh, a ton of tape on him. So I'm, I'm really relying on uh, Logan, which frankly is what people want from me anyway, as the co-host of the take a man podcast, yeah. you know? Um, so Logan, Logan uh, has told me when talking about McCarthy that, like the there's not that many throws on tape because they right. ran the ball at such eye clip, but the percentage of NFL throws is significantly higher. So like he's throwing NFL windows, NFL splits, NFL timing, NFL, you know, he's under center. Like, whoa. Right. So like the footwork, the timing, the windows, um, the reads, all of that stuff is at the NFL level at such a higher percentage that like he actually from NFL throws, if you just like take out a lot of bubble screens and like some of these, you know, we're, we're running um, all comebacks. Like no one runs that in the NFL, right? Uh, so if, if you take away those plays out of some of these other guys' tapes, the number of NFL throws on tape from McCarthy is actually not that different. And you'll find it in the whatever number of throws it is on tape in his games versus, you know, three seasons worth of Bo Nix tape like four well, or five right. seasons worth of Bo Nix tape because at Oregon, like all he did was throw bubble screens. So he's got way more attempts, but like they're not really useful in an evaluation for NFL scouts. Well, that's yes. And there, yeah. And there, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Cause there like when, when Dwayne Haskins was here and in, in his rookie year and people are like, they need to do what he does best. And I talked to somebody here and he said, what he wants to do run 50 jets, jet passes. Like right. that, cause that, and I know, listen, in Ohio State, I watched all that stuff. So I know he did way more than that, but the problem was, it's like, what are you seeing? And, and, you know, are you getting enough of that? So um, that's the only, that's the only question with him. And so, but you're right. Like if you want to trade back and if you can get more, and if you think that guy's close to these guys, then it's worth the chance or then it's worth getting those picks and building out your roster. And the reason why, and this, I'm going to have to run in a minute here, but the reason why Brock Purdy excelled right coaching system, right scheme, a lot of talent around him. You don't have that talent base here right now. Totally. And, you know, how different is the conversation around quarterbacks in this draft if Jake Moody doesn't get an extra point blocked, right? right like, right. if the Niners are Super Bowl champions, do we think that the best way to build a team is the way they did it, not the what? way that the Chiefs have done it? Like, and, and the other thing, and I know we got to run here, John, but, like, very, very quickly, 
the bar of Pat Mahomes is so high that I actually don't know it's worth chasing. And maybe we can circle back to this on another pod. But like he is so good that if your goal is to draft the next Pat Mahomes, you've already failed. He's right, because that, yeah, that guy doesn't that, that, that guy doesn't exist. I think it's like you you get the guy that you like and you build the roster and totally and, and make it work for me. Don't I think take this, a kicker in the fourth round. No, no, very good, Craig. Hey, man, thanks a lot. I appreciate you coming on. You got it, man. Appreciate you. That's it for this episode. Thanks to Craig for joining me, and thank you as always for tuning in. And one last word. Just want to say prayers to the Mortensen family. Chris Mortensen, longtime veteran NFL reporter, longtime ESPN employee, just a true pro. Very set a high standard. He died on Sunday and sad day in the NFL for the NFL community. And, and obviously, um, again, my prayers and thoughts to the Mortensen family. He was a, he's a he was just a true pro, folks. I'll talk to you next time.